Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. I've had the pleasure of viewing various privacy uh, policies, and um, what the point I'd like to make there is sometimes you see um, drafting that could be um, improved, if I could put it that way. Um, for example, I've seen instances where people have drafted um, provisions in their privacy policy stating, we will never disclose your information without your consent. Uh, that's a really big, bold claim, and obviously um, there's serious consequences if you can't meet that. And one would even maybe argue that you've um, overcommitted. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Sasher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine. And today we have with us Bronwyn Gallisher from CCL Consultants. Hi, Bronwyn. How are you? Hi, Kwame. Good. And you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, so today we're going to be talking a bit about privacy. Um, privacy, I guess, during this disruptive period, and then I guess privacy in general, um, how are organizations meeting their obligations when there is a crisis happening at the same time? So I guess really to kick this off is, has it been difficult for businesses to meet their obligations under the Australian privacy principles and the notifiable data breach obligations at this time? Uh, I think the um, issue is is that pre-COVID-19, if businesses have set up their processes, policies and procedures correctly. Um, it shouldn't be difficult for them to continue during this period, um, during COVID. So it's what I'd call um, BAU, business as usual practices. Um, obviously, if businesses haven't um, established the appropriate processes, policies and procedures, that's when they may be running into strife in terms of um, privacy uh, across the organisation. And I guess, if we look before the disruptive period, is there a sense that they did have these systems and processes in place, um, just as a sort of BAU, as you said? Yeah, I mean, I think um, privacy, there was a major um, legislative update now a couple of years ago. So it was a couple of years ago that um, organisations got on the front foot um, and reviewed their policies and procedures to ensure um, compliance. Certainly, um, from, a, from the regulators' perspective, they were um, quite vigilant in this area, given the um, importance of ensuring privacy, not just about consumers, by the way, but um, suppliers as well. Uh, so that's whereby I think a number of organisations have set up their privacy framework, whether or not there's improvements. I think that's a, an important point to have a bit of a think about. Okay. Uh, so obviously we're working from home. We're in this disruptive period. Um, thinking about our suppliers and thinking about consumers and protecting their data, do you think that organizations were able to um, be able to still meet these obligations and you know act as responsible data storage while not being able to operate in their sort of office spaces? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I guess it depends upon the systems that they've implemented, whether they're predominantly relying upon um, hard copies or um, soft copies and um, most organisations are converting their data management processes over to soft copies and that would make it um, easier to manage with people working from home rather than people um, operating off of hard copy documents. So I think it's this transition um, in the workplace that a number of us are going through from um, I love paper being a lawyer, I love paper. <laughs> so, um, and converting over to um, 
um, you know, IT systems is can be a challenge, but it certainly can, in some instances, make the um, issue of privacy easier to manage. And obviously, we've spoken about the Australian legislation, but obviously, the general data protection regulation also has an impact um, on Australian businesses. Um, is there a sense that organisations have been taking that into consideration as well, even before and now during this disruptive period? Mm, well, I certainly know that um, my clients um, who have touch points with customers or suppliers in overseas jurisdictions um, do have regard to, to that. And I think that's part of our role if we're um, compliance officers or compliance advisors um, or even you know, risk officers that we would um, consider uh, the business in totality and where its touch points are, whether there are overseas touch points and if there are, obviously you need to be more mindful, um, not only about Australian jurisdiction, but also overseas jurisdictions and how they might impact on the business as well. Okay, well, I've focused on the regulations that organisations have to look at, but are there any risks um, that you have seen, I guess, um, either arising now or maybe arising on the horizon that organisations need to be aware of? Um, I'd even, yeah, I mean, even now or even even backwards looking, um, mm. I've uh, had the pleasure of viewing various privacy uh, policies and mm. um, what the point I'd like to make there is sometimes you see um, drafting that could be um, improved, if I could put it that way. Um, for example, I've seen instances where people have drafted um, provisions in their privacy policy stating, we will never disclose your information without your consent. Uh, that's a really big, bold claim and obviously um, there's serious consequences if you can't meet that and one would even maybe argue that you've um, overcommitted and so therefore it makes it very uh, difficult to fulfil those obligations. So I would recommend to um, compliance officers or advisors really have a look at how your policies are drafted and whether or not it's achievable. Um, and work out when you're drafting or reviewing your policies, what are things that are must, what is a should, and what is a could, and, and draft appropriately. Another, another few points I'd also make is, you know, ensuring that it's easy to read. So your consumer base um, needs to understand it. So using very simple, easy to understand languages without um, use, use of legal terminology. Um, another couple of points I'd make is ensuring it's up to date. Sometimes people, organisations update policies, but they fail to regularly review them on, say, for example, an annual basis. So do regularly look at the policy to make sure that they reflect current practices and obligations. And I guess, um, finally, make sure that the uh, privacy policy is easily um, accessible, whether that be on your website, for example, and the link works. Sometimes um, the hyperlinks don't work on some organisations' websites. Mm. And similarly, making sure that there is a hard copy available to staff if you do have a um, working in, say, uh, an office environment. Uh I guess given the fact that we've seen a few crises happen, um, is an annual basis really still the the norm? Should I guess should we be re reviewing these policies a bit more frequently as a result? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, generally, I'd recommend that um, policies are reviewed on an annual basis just to ensure that you're you're picking them up. And certainly privacy is a key policy. Um, yep. Having said that, if you do find that there are um, instances where your competitors or even in other industries, um, you've noticed that there have been issues pertaining to whether it be privacy, uh, you know, competition law, codes of conduct, whatever it might be, it is a good it is good to um, then review those documents a bit earlier. So you might want to review them um, biannually um, if if issues do arise in that regard. But certainly, uh, you know, to to review a policy because you, as you as you as you're fully aware, organisations have numerous policies. But making sure that at least we're reviewing them every year ensures that we're going to make our policies um, reflective of current practices and obligations. Okay. And is there often a clear sense of responsibility um, when it comes to these privacy obligations? Um, or is it sort of siloed off to one bit of the organisation so that if something goes wrong, that it's difficult to connect to the information to sort of identify the problem? Uh, that sorry, uh, that really depends on how. Um, that was my mum, by the way. <laughs> um, so um, that really depends on upon how the organisation has set up its practices. So generally, you have a privacy officer who's um, allocated the task of, um, um, of, of identifying potential breaches, dealing with investigations, and if needs be, reporting to the regulator. So I think it uh, depends on how that is set up. It also really depends upon the training regime that's been implemented in the organisation itself. So if everyone is um, receives training about how to deal with privacy uh, and can rectify um, issues should they arise and then only report to the privacy officer in terms of serious breaches, that's a different practice to just simply um, no matter what it is, automatically reporting to a privacy officer. Um, so I think it does come down to the individual um, uh, structure of those of, of organisations in that regard. Okay. And then we're down to the last question. Um, what advice do you have for members who are trying to get this piece right or meeting their privacy obligations? Uh, I think that the um, privacy commissioner has really um, easy documents to um, digest and understand. There's quite a lot of information out there just generally on their um, websites. Um, and the principles are, have been drafted uh, so that they're easy to understand. Um, and I think it's important that um, also you have a look at, as we mentioned before, the training regimes that you've um, implemented. If, you have, if you're not doing training for uh, staff, that's something to think about, um, whether that be online or face-to-face. Um, -face. Um, and having a think also about um, privacy impact statements. So when you're running projects, so this is pre-implementing you know, uh, implementing a project. So when you're looking at establishing a project, making sure that the privacy impact um, statements are included as part of the design of projects so that then you're ensuring that when a project is ultimately rolled out, you're not dealing with uh, privacy issues um, at that stage. So you're, what, are you, what I'm talking about is you're front-loading the compliance um, mm -hmm. and addressing any privacy concerns at the beginning rather than after a project's been implemented. So that's um, a, a good tip for um, compliance to keep in the back of their head as well. Yeah, and I guess that could be extended to just making sure compliance is part of the project in the beginning instead of waiting Absolutely. till... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, well, well 
I mean, well said. I mean, that's whereby we do want to have um, a role to play where we can assist with, um, you know, the risk appetite of the organisation and um, privacy is just one of many um, um, issues that compliance should be involved in at the beginning of a project, yes. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time, Bronwyn. No worries. Thanks a lot. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary.